how are you using what God has given you to build his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? How are you using the time, the treasure, and the talents God has given you to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? How are you investing your life in the life of God's kingdom and in the life of his church? How are you investing yourself into building God's kingdom? How are you doing it? Are you, are you faithfully surrendering your will and faithfully surrendering all that you have and all that you are to build God's kingdom? Because that's what he calls us to do. Are you investing your life in helping people follow Jesus? Or are you merely just punching a, a time clock for the Lord? Show up on Sunday, leave Sunday, and then you just kind of hang up your time card and come back the next week. Are you just punching a clock for Jesus? What is the purpose of your life? Why has God put you here? Why are you here today? I mean, why did you come today? Are you looking for something? Are you, are you looking for somebody? Are you looking for someone? Are you looking for hope? Are you looking for purpose? Are you looking for love? Are you looking for meaning? Are you looking for, for God to do something in your life? Why did God put you here on planet Earth uh, in Griffith, Indiana, Griffith First Christian Church, on Sunday morning, November 30, 2014. Why are you here? What is your purpose? What is the purpose of your life? What are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? That's a, kid we, that's a question we ask our kids, right? What are you doing? Doing this. What are you supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be listening, obeying, and being good, Right? I think that's God's expectations of all of us. You're supposed to be listening, obeying, and being good. We're not always so good at that. But what is our purpose? Why are we here? Why does God have us here? Why did he bring you here today? Why, did he, why are you part of this church family? Um, what, are we, what are we supposed to be doing? You know, we are so blessed not only to live in this country. Uh, we are so blessed not only to, to have God and faith in our lives. We are blessed with gifts. Gifts of time, treasure, and talent. And that's what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. These gifts of time, talent, and treasure. Um, and God has blessed us with these gifts. And we are to be using them to fulfill our purpose. To fulfill our mission, helping people follow Jesus. And we are to be using the gifts that God has given to us in order to help people follow Jesus. Now, how do I know that this is God's expectation? We're going to look at that today as we look at the parable of the talents. It's in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, and it's from a, the last sermon that Jesus gave while he was on earth. He called his disciples to them to him up on the Mount of Olives, and it's called the Olivet Discourse. And in this sermon, he talks a lot about the apocalypse. He talks a, there's a lot of apocalyptic language. He talks about what it's going to be like when he comes back. And so he has this, this last sermon, these last things. His disciples want to know, what are the signs of his return going to be? And he tells them in Matthew's chapters 24 and 25. This is the last message in our series, Elemental Trust. And we've been, like I said, we've been talking about our time, our treasure, and our talents. And how we can use these things to show that we trust God with them. And how we can use them to build his kingdom on earth. How we can invest our lives, invest our time, invest our treasure, invest our talent in God's kingdom. Something that lasts 
and lasts for all eternity. So grab your Bible and turn to Matthew 25. We're going to look at verses 14 through 30. We're going to read that in just a moment. Also grab your bulletin, turn to page 3 to the handy-dandy outline. And this is a parable Jesus tells about three servants. And uh, it's, a ser- it's a sermon, it's a, it's a message about trust. Look at uh, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he who will and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, there are two kinds of servants in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And we're going to fill in some blanks on your outline. And the very first blank on your outline is the faithful servants. There are two servants who are faithful, and Jesus, the Master, calls them faithful servants. And there are three characteristics of faithful servants that I want to talk about for a little while. The first characteristic of a faithful servant is a faithful servant is trustworthy. They are trustworthy. These servants were entrusted with their master's property. And in this case, it's money. And the parable of talents, uh, a talent in those days was a unit of weight used to measure things, used to measure specifically money, precious metals. Now, if you worked a day's wage, uh, uh, if you did a day's work, you would get a day's wage. A day's wage was known as a denarius. Now, a talent was worth 10,000 denarii, 10,000 days' wages in one talent. So let's do some math. I'm told there'd be no math. Let's do some math. Five talents, 10,000 days' wages per talent. That's 50,000 days' wages. Okay? That is worth, if you want to know how many how many days are in 50, or how many years in 50,000 days? It's 137 years. 137 years worth of wages. That's if you work 365 days a year. Okay? That's no vacation time. So 
137 years worth of wages. If you make $50,000 a year, that's roughly $7 million. This first, this landowner, this master is very wealthy. And he calls his first servant in and says, here, here's $7 million. Go do with it. Make me some more money. Seven million bucks. Okay, that's a lot of money. The second guy gets two talents. That's uh, 20,000 days wages. It's about $2.4 million. Or 2.375. I'm sorry. 2.375 million. I know you're doing the math right along with me. 2.375 million dollars given to servant number two. Okay, 20,000 days wages. The third guy, we'll call him Gomer. Shazam! So Gomer... Gomer's given uh, ten, one talent, about 10,000 days worth of wages. Um, that's about uh, $1.4 million. Shazam, that's right. So he gets $1.4 million, and uh, the first guy, he goes out, and he, he invests what he's given, earns five more talents, and $7 million. Second guy goes out, he takes the two talents, invests it, gets two more talents, $4 million. The last guy, or fourth, uh, four talents. The last guy, Gomer, he goes and he buries it in the ground. Because after all, it's $1.4 million. All right, so he just buries it in the ground so nobody hopefully will find it. So he buries his in the ground. Master comes back, okay? And uh, Master calls his, his guys to an account, and he wants to know, he wants to set up a, accounts with them. And, and he says to the first two servants, well done, good and faithful servant. Because the servants were trustworthy. They could be trusted. In fact, the, the word used in the English there is entrusted. They were entrusted with a great deal. And they went out and they worked hard and they doubled their master's money. It was, they, they invested themselves. They invested the money. They invested themselves and they turned a profit. Stewardship. This biblical idea of stewardship carries with it the expectation of a profit. And, and the expectation of a profit. And that's exactly what the first two servants did. They turned a profit. They were productive. Productivity equals profit. Okay, now this is not a business lesson. This is not a business sermon. It's a sermon about talents. It's a sermon about investment. Not investing of our money, but investing of ourselves. Investing of our time, our treasure, and our, ta- our talent. Investing ourselves into something bigger than ourselves. Investing ourselves in the work of God's kingdom. So how did they do it? How did they turn this profit? How did they turn productivity into profit? Well, the second blank uh, on your outline is they invest everything. Faithful servants invest everything. They took all that they were given, and they did not keep anything for themselves, these first two guys. They took everything they were given, and they invested everything for the purpose of turning a profit. They held nothing back when it came to pleasing the master. They knew what would please the master, so they invested themselves. They invested everything that they were given. All that they were, all that they had, all that they are, they invested everything for the purpose of pleasing the master. Okay, that's so important to to understand. We've taken the last two weeks and we've spent our time talking about investing our time and investing our treasure. But what about our talents and abilities? What about the gifts that God has entrusted us with? What about investing our wholeheartedly in the kingdom of God? You know, we can and we sometimes do invest our time. We'll invest our time in God's kingdom. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do some things. We'll volunteer a little bit at church, and we'll invest a little bit of time in God's kingdom. And that's, that's not too hard. It doesn't push us out of our comfort zone too much, you know. But sometimes we can, we can do it out of the wrong motivations. Like we're trying to, uh, we're, we're trying to, to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, or, 
Or if we're doing it half-heartedly, then we're doing it out of the wrong motivations. You know, and sometimes we'll give our treasure to, the God, to God's kingdom. We'll give of our treasure. We'll give a little money. In fact, this may be the easiest thing to do. Now, it's not easy to do initially, but once we get in the habit of giving on a regular basis, it can become real easy, just real routine. Just drop a check in the offering plate, drop a little cash in the offering plate. Boom, I did, I did my, uh, my Sunday duty. I came to church, put money in the offering plate. I'm good to go for another week. But when it comes to investing our talents, when it comes to investing our abilities in God's kingdom, well, that, that requires a bit more of a sacrifice. Because now we've got to give something, something that we may not really want to give. When it comes to our talents, it may be harder to do. God has created you unique. He has created you special. Uh, he has given you a purpose. He has given you talents and abilities. When you get baptized, you are uh, made new. You are filled with the Holy Spirit and are given spiritual gifts and, and you're given talents and abilities to be used for the purpose of God's kingdom. You are here for a reason. You have a purpose for your life. You are here for a reason. There's a reason God has you here. And you know, the Bible bears this out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 12 through 14. It's up on the screen. It says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. If we, were, we were all baptized... By one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So all of us here make up one body, uh, the Griffith First Christian Church body. Okay, we are all one body. Between first service, second service, we're all one body. And, uh, but there's more. Because I believe that God has you here for a very special purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 20 goes on to say, In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what Paul said? God put the body together the way he wants it. You are here because God wants you here. You are part of this family because God wants you to be part of this family. You are part of our church because God has called you here for a purpose and a reason. And that is to give your all and to invest everything you have and everything you are into the purpose of building God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. To hold nothing back. We are called to help people follow Jesus. People need to hear the good news of how Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and how they can be saved by grace through faith expressed in belief, repentance, confession, and baptism. That when you get baptized, God will wash away your sins, uh, that, that through faith you are saved. God loves you. God loves me. God loves the whole world so much so that he sent his only son to die for our sins. People need to hear the plan of salvation. They need to know that they can be saved. They need to follow Jesus Christ. But if the parts of the body aren't operating at maximum efficiency, then the body suffers. If you woke up tomorrow morning and your arm quit working, you woke up and it's like, hey, it just doesn't move. And it just hangs there. What are you going to do? You're going to get to the doctor and find out what's wrong with my arm. My arm was working when I went to bed. I woke up and it's not working. It's not asleep because you know you'll sleep on it wrong sometimes. My arm's not asleep. It's just not working. And I got to find out why is my arm not working. It's supposed to work. Now let's talk about your church body. Let's say you're an arm and you're just dangling there. 
We'll see if we can do a lot with our left hand, especially if we're left a left-handed church body. I don't know if we are or not. Thank you. Um, but if you're a right arm and you're not working, then the body's not operating at maximum efficiency. If you're a toe, then the body's going to get out of balance, so we're going to trip and fall. If you're an eye, then we can't see if you're not working. If you're not working in the kingdom and building the kingdom here at GFCC, then GFCC is not operating at maximum efficiency. If your arm quits working, then you've got a problem. If the church quits working, then we've got a problem. If someone in the church isn't investing themselves wholeheartedly with their time, treasure, and, a bit, and talents, then we are not operating as, as well as we could. We could do so much more if more people get involved, if more people volunteer, if more people serve, if more people invest their time, treasure, and talents into God's kingdom. We need you to get involved in God's kingdom here at GSCC. It's what you were created to do. God created you with a purpose. He created you with a mission. No one else can do what you can do. You're a snowflake. Congratulations. Just as every snowflake, you know, every snowflake is unique, you're a snowflake. You are unique. You are special. You have a job. You have a purpose. If you're not fulfilling your purpose, then you're a worthless snowflake. We want you to get involved. We want you to help out. We want you to serve God here. If you're not doing what you're called to do, then the whole body suffers. And you're here for a reason. God, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 20. God puts the body together the way he wants it. That's why you're here, because God brought you here. No one else can do what you can do. No one else can. Only you have your set of gifts, talents, and abilities that are going to help us help people follow Jesus. Only you can accomplish your purpose. No one else can accomplish your purpose for you. Only you. So we need you to get involved. We need you to serve. We need you to volunteer. We need you to give and invest yourself wholeheartedly in God's kingdom. Now I'm going to say something a little controversial. Maybe something that's going to anger you a little bit. But there's no, there's no retirement age in the kingdom of God. There's no, there's no retirement plan. Well, the retirement plan is when you die and go to heaven. And that's like out-of-this-world retirement benefits, literally. But when it comes to serving in God's kingdom, there's no retirement age. All right, there's no retirement age. And, and you can't be too old and you can't be too young. We need our teenagers to get involved. We need our young people to get involved. We need our middle-aged folks to get involved. We need our elderberries to get involved. Everybody needs to get involved and do something for God's kingdom here at GFCC. And there's another good reason to do that. And that's the third blank on your outline. They are rewarded. Faithful servants are rewarded. They are rewarded with great blessings because of their faithful service to the master. He took note of their work. He noticed what they did. He saw what they did. And he rewarded them when he returned. When Jesus Christ comes back, how do you want him to find you? How do you want him to find you? Do you want him to find you wicked and lazy like the other servant we'll talk about in just a second? Or do you want him to find you faithfully using God's talents, uh, God, your God-given talents and abilities to faithfully fulfill your purpose that only you can fulfill, to faithfully fulfill the purpose for which you were created? He will return. And when he does, he will either find faithfulness or he will find laziness. Are you going to be faithfully carrying out your purpose and the plan that God has for your life? Because the faithful are rewarded. So that's another reason to be a faithful servant is because the, a promised reward to hear Christ say, well done, good and faithful 
servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. So what about the other guy? What about Gomer? Talk about Gomer for a little bit. The next blank on your outline is the lazy servant. The lazy servant. There's three characteristics of a lazy servant we're going to talk about for just a few minutes. The first is, first characteristic is he is fearful. The lazy servant is fearful. What is he so afraid of? Well, the first thing he's afraid of is this lazy servant is afraid of his master. He says, I knew that you were a hard man. The Greek word means severe and demanding. Severe and demanding. He was terrified of the master to the point of paralysis. He wouldn't do anything because he was so afraid of the master. So he would rather bury uh, his treasure, bury his talent in the ground than use it uh, because he was terrified that he was going to face wrath. And you know what? Fear may cause us not to invest our time, treasure, and talents as well. Fear may make us say, I, I can't do it. In fact, I think there's a couple reasons why we may be afraid. The first uh, fear that we may have uh, is that we may be afraid to fail, that we're going to fall flat. I'm, I'm too afraid to fail. I can't do anything because I'm afraid to fail. What if I fail? What if I falter? Well, at least you tried. I mean, the only way to guarantee failure is to not do anything at all. To just say, I'm not going to do anything. You have failed. Congratulations. To not do anything, to stand by and to sit idly by and not do anything is to fail. Don't be like the lazy gomer and bury your talent in the ground. Invest your talent, invest your abilities, invest your gifts, and use them for God's kingdom. You know, uh, don't be afraid to fail. God will pick you up. And God is big enough to overcome your mistakes. He's big enough to overcome your failures. He's God. He can do that. All right? The, the Bible says that, uh, that Jesus is going to build his church on the rock, and on that rock the gates of hell will not prevail. Nothing can overcome the church of Jesus Christ. Nothing. So if you fail, nothing is going to overcome the church of Jesus Christ. Even if you fail, your failures will not bring the church down. Okay? So don't be afraid to fail. The second thing you might be afraid of is, well, maybe somebody can do it better than I can. Nope. Only you have your set of unique gifts, talents, and abilities. Only you possess that. Only you can do the job that God created you for, for you to do. Only you can do that. So nobody else can be you better than you can be you. It's true. Nobody else can serve Jesus the way you can serve Jesus here. Well, somebody might be better. Eh, somebody might, but they're not you. God has given you a purpose. He's given you a, a, a meaning. He's given you a, a plan. And he wants you to get involved and use your talents, gifts, and abilities to serve him here at GFCC. So don't be afraid that someone else can do it. The last thing we might be afraid of is we might be afraid of the master. Why? Why would we be uh, terrified of Jesus? Now, don't get me wrong. We need to be fearful before Christ. We need to be fearful before the God of the universe. We need to be in awe and reverence before him because he's God but we don't need to be terrified of him as though he's out to get us as though he's out to get you the only thing God is out to get you is he's out to get you into heaven don't be afraid of God fear God obey his commandments don't be afraid of him he's on your side he wants to see this he wants to see the church succeed don't let fear paralyze you so that you don't get involved. 
Don't be afraid of the master. He died for you. He loves you. Don't be afraid of him. Let him work through you to help more people follow Jesus, to help people hear about the gospel, to help people hear about the good news. Let the master use you to build his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we, we may be afraid that we won't be successful. I, I remember reading a story about Mother Teresa. A U.S. congressman came over uh, to Calcutta and was talking to her about uh, her, uh, her ministry there. And said, you know, if, if we gave you more money, if we gave you more resources, if we gave you all these things, you'd be so much more successful. And she said, my dear sir, I haven't been called to be successful. I've been called to be faithful. Don't worry about the success. Let God worry about the success. Worry about faithfulness. Be faithful to Jesus. Be a faithful servant, not a lazy servant. Now the second blank under lazy servant is he invests nothing. The next blank on your outline is he invests nothing. Whereas the faithful servant invests everything. The wicked, lazy servant invests nothing. That's why he's called lazy by the master. He does nothing. He takes it, buries it in the ground, and sits on the sidelines and does absolutely nothing. He's wicked. He's lazy. Don't let laziness be an excuse for not getting involved at GFCC. And you may say, well, I'm, I'm just too busy. We're all busy. Everybody's busy. Carve out some time to get involved. Say, I, I can do this. I, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to make the decision. Maybe I'll give, you, I'll give you six weeks, okay? I'll give you five weeks. Today starts week one. I'll give you five weeks. Make your New Year's resolution, 2015, to get involved in the life of GFCC. You've got five weeks to figure out what you're going to do. And here, here's how you do it, okay? I'll give it, make it real easy for you. Go out this door, take a right, and on that info board are pictures of deacons and elders. And those are people who can help you get involved. So let's say you've got a heart for kids, okay? You've got a heart, a passion for kids. I, wanna, I want you to go up to the picture of Brandy and Katie, Brandy uh, Kelly and Katie Lukes. I want you to look at their picture and, and identify them. Say, okay. I'm passionate about kids. I'm going to talk to Brandy about getting involved in kids' ministry. I'm going to talk to Katie about getting involved in kids' ministry. Or let's say you've got a passion for teenagers. I want you to find Eddie and Debbie Barron. Find their picture. Match up their picture with the people. Say, I want to get involved in the lives of teenagers. I want to help teenagers follow Jesus. Or maybe you want to help outsiders or, or you want to reach out to our community or reach out to our church family. I want you to match up the picture of Tom and Sharon Chumley right there. I want you to match up their pictures with those people and talk to them about getting involved in the outreach ministry. Or maybe you'd like to help people, to serve people. Uh, I want you to talk to uh, Joe and Nancy Rodriguez about getting involved in the fellowship ministry. Here, you want to blow their minds? Show up Saturday night to the White Elephant Party with the red polo shirt on. They all wear red shirts at the events. And may, just, take a, just take a Sharpie and write like fellowship ministry over your chest and put your name under it and just show up. And, and they won't even know the difference. They'll just... They'll just throw you in and give you a spatula or something. No, 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 no. They do great work. They do. It's a great ministry. That fellowship ministry is awesome. Uh, I don't want to minimize what they do because they do really hard work and, and they, they put on great events. But, you know, but you could talk to Joe and Nancy about getting involved in the fellowship ministry. There's all kinds of ways. Or Brandon, talk to Brandon about getting involved uh, in the worship ministry or what we do on Sunday mornings. You can, you know, if you can uh, click a space bar and you can follow the words on the screen, you can help run the screen. You can. And I tell you what, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Okay, I've done it before, and it's terrifying. Because you get, you get into the worship, you're singing along, and everybody down here looks up at you like, why didn't you advance the next slide? I don't even know what the next words are. The worship team down here is going, dude. And I'm, I'm like, 
spacebar, 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 spacebar. Now I'm on the next song, and oh, it's just a mess. It's really hard work. But if you like to do that kind of thing, we want you to get involved. Talk to our deacons, talk to our elders about getting involved in the ministry of GFCC. Talents and abilities, okay, go far beyond just preaching or, or teaching or singing in a microphone on a Sunday morning. It is about the heart and the passion that God has placed within you. Don't let fear or laziness be your excuse for not getting involved. Now, the last blank on your outline is a very scary one. Lazy servants are punished. He is punished. When Jesus Christ returns and calls us to an account of what we did with our time, treasure, and talent, there will be no acceptable excuses for a lack of productivity. There will be no acceptable excuses for a lack of productivity. Because Jesus is going to you were busy? Well, that's okay. Oh, you didn't want to get involved? That's okay. You had more important things to do? That's all right. You were afraid of, of getting punished? Well, I've got bad news for you. The punishment is what's going to happen. It's not okay to make excuses. It is not okay to make excuses for not using the resources God has given you to further his kingdom. Excuses only bring punishment. Excuses only bring punishment. It is easy, it's easy to look around and go, you know what, that really needs to be done. Or somebody really should do that. Or those things over there, that, that needs to be taken care of. It's easy to look around and point out everything else that needs to be done or that everything else that somebody else should be doing. Do you know what those things are? Do you know what it is when you look around and you see, man, somebody really should take care of that standing on that floor. That is God's way of giving you an opportunity to serve Him. That's called pick up a bucket, put some soap in it, and scrub the stain out of the floor. That is your opportunity to serve. That's all that is. It's not an opportunity for you to point out to somebody else, you know, you really should do that. You really should be getting that done. No, that's your opportunity. If you notice it, that means you're passionate about it. And if you're passionate about it, God wants you to serve him in that way. True story. Don't shoot the messenger. That's your way to get involved. If you see something that needs to be done, you're like, man, somebody really needs to take care of those cobwebs in those corners, okay? You know, your job isn't to run and tell everybody else. Somebody needs to take care of it. No. Get a stick, wrap a paper towel around it, and go like this. If you can do this, you're serving Jesus. Okay? That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be huge, doesn't have to be great, doesn't have to be grandiose. It could be getting cobwebs out of a corner. You're serving Jesus. Don't let excuses keep you from the rewards that God has for you. Be a faithful servant. It is an opportunity that you have to do for something that you have to do something for Jesus. Because that's what this is all about. That's what this whole series is about, this elemental trust, about trusting God to work through the talents and the abilities that he has given you, to trust God to work through the treasure that he's given you, to trust God to work through the time that he's given you. We want to build his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to do that which he has called us to do. So what are you doing for the master? What are you doing for the master? Are you working diligently with the gifts, talents, and abilities he's given to you in order that he has entrusted you with to build up his church? Are you using them? Or are you being lazy with your gifts and not putting them to good use for Jesus? 
My challenge for you today is to get involved. In some way, get involved. It's not, it's not just the preacher's job. It's not just the elder's job. It's not just the deacon's job. Okay? It's everyone's job. We're all invited to get in the game. How many of you watch football on Thursday? Some of you guys, anybody watch a little bit of football on Thursday? I watch a little bit of football Thursday. And if you notice something, if you notice something, like let's say um, when, the, uh, when the quarterback throws a touchdown, all right, quarterback throws a touchdown, player catches it, crowd goes crazy, right? But the, the, the expression on the faces of the players is like, yeah, I did it, I did it. And the crowd is going, they did it, they did it, they did it. But imagine if you got a chance to get in the game. And you look at the guys on the sidelines when there's a touchdown, they're excited, but they're not as excited as the players who are playing the game. They're standing on the sideline going, man, I wish I could play this game. I wish I was better. I wish I worked harder. I wish I, I did more. I wish I worked out more. I, I wish I could play this game. I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting on the sideline. Don't sit on the sideline. Get it. You're invited. God says, come on, get in the game. Enjoy this. Get involved in the church. Get involved at GFCC and say, I want to I do something. I want to make a difference. I want to change people's lives for God's glory. You can do it. You're invited to do it. Get involved. Get off the sidelines. Get in the game. Get involved in your church family by using your gifts, talents, and abilities to make GFC a church with which the master is pleased. And that way we'll all hear those words. When we stand before Jesus, we'll hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you call us to get involved. That you don't do all the work for us. But rather you give us gifts and talents and abilities so that we can get involved. We can be a part of your team. We can be a part of your game. We can reach out to the lost and share the good news of Jesus. We can serve you here and help people follow Jesus. God, this whole thing is about your son. We want to make much of him. I pray that you'll help us to find a way to get involved, get more involved, so that more people will hear about Jesus, so your church will grow, so that more people will come and give their lives to Christ, and so that heaven will be overflowing with grateful hearts and grateful souls. Thank you for the gifts, talents, and abilities that you give to us and help us to use them for the purpose of building your kingdom. Thank you in Jesus' name.